Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 309th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, Foyer Saves the Day for the Atlanta Falcons, who prevailed 20-16 with a last-second interception over the Detroit Football Lions on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta looked to be on the verge of another heartbreaking loss to Detroit after a fumble on the final drive by Russell Gage. But Fourier Ulukan ended the game with the interception and said it was like red zone 7-on-7 seven seven in practice. They did a five-out concept, maybe a double move behind me. I was kind of the rat robber player there, so uh, eyes brought me over there, and then when he threw it, I guess he thought he had some behind me, just made the play on the ball when it came. That's what, you know, good football teams do that. You know, you pick up the other side of the ball and special teams finds a way to make a play when you need it. Um, in this league, you need all three phases uh, to be successful. And um, I thought our defense did a great job stepping up there at the end and, and, you know, icing the game. That's Matt Ryan after another one-score win for the Falcons. Here's Coach Arthur Smith. That's kind of been our, our ethos, you know, find a way to win. I believe... Um, Fact check me here, Bassey. That puts us at what seven and two in one possession games. So that's what we're trying to create a culture of winning, playing as a team, playing smart situational football. It's crazy because I mean, last year we were not seven and two in these type of games. This year, put a definite emphasis on situational football, how to handle situations and stuff. And you really look at a lot of NFL games that come down to one possession. So if you know what you're doing down the stretch or even the second quarter, going into half, like lapping them. That's what good teams or teams that win do. Atlanta went two and eight in games decided by eight points or less last year and two and five in 2019. So with that, we're going to go over to some of the uh, stats from the game just to look at our game stats real quick. And then we'll get back to some Kyle Pitts uh, for you. The rookie had a big day. You know, the Falcons defeated Detroit 20 to 16 at Mercedes-Benz on Sunday and 7-2 and two in these one-score games. The Falcons um, forced a turnover in the 11th consecutive game, the longest streak by Atlanta since they did so in 11 consecutive games from Week 13 in 2011 through Week 6 in 2012. The Falcons' defense limited Detroit to zero touchdowns on four trips to the red zone, while Atlanta's offense scored touchdowns on both of their red zone trips. And today, the outside linebacker Brandon Copeland served as the captain for the game. All right, as far as Kyle Pitts finished the game with 102 yards, which gives him 949 yards receiving on the season, the most by a Falcons tight end, breaking the record held by former tight end Tony Gonzalez, the Pro Football Hall of Famer. It means a lot to me because I personally think he was the best ever. So just that's someone that 
looking at the tight ends and all the tight ends that came before me, he was one of the people that I kind of you know, liked watching from the other days. So, yeah, that was pretty special. All right, Pitts is 127 yards away from Mike Ditka's all-time record for rookie tight ends, which was set in 1961. Now, caveat, Mike Ditka played 14 games for his seasons. Kyle has already played 15, so he's maybe breaks it. If he gets 127, he's going to break it in 16 games or 17 games. So I know the folks were um, uh, getting on me on Twitter, calling me a boomer and everything. But, uh, you know, he's, he's going to take more games to break his record. So it really, is he really breaking his record? So we'll just fuss about that uh, for, uh, for the next couple of weeks if he takes two weeks to get to the 127. But here's Coach Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan explaining how Pitts has progressed this season. It's a long season for a rookie. Like I said, he's just scratching the surface. He made the Pro Bowl. He broke franchise record in most yards in a season by a tight end. And he's just getting started. And he's had the right mindset. That's why he's fun to coach. And uh, like I said, I told him the other day when he made the Pro Bowl, he's just scratching the surface. If he can continue to improve, we'll see where this thing goes. Each team has their scheme you know, of, of what they do. And so every week's, you know, always a little bit different of, of how, uh, you know, people are going to play you or try and take certain things away. Uh, we talk about that during the week. Hey, here's some of the things I might do within the scheme that they have. And I think he's, he's gotten a lot better through the year of understanding during the week of preparation how certain things can shake out. And uh, I think that's a, a growth, uh, a step of growth that, that he's made. And... Um, you know, today and in the last couple of weeks, I mean, I think he's playing, you know, really high-level football. No question about it. Matt Ryan's exactly on point. Some of the other veterans after the game were uh, very complimentary of Kyle Pitts and his work ethic. He came into the league as a uh, in the season as a 19, as a 20-year-old, uh, turned 21 at the Jets game. Uh, you know, he's uh, been steady. He's been there for him all year long. Uh, you know, had the two big games in the middle. Then I had a little stretch there where he didn't, um, you know, catch more than 62 yards a game. Then he broke out last week with a a 77-yard game. And then today, you know, the Falcons' offense is pretty much Corderell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. And, you know, if Russell Gage can do a little something, that helps out. They stopped Cordell today cold in his tracks again for the second week in a row. So, you know, the Falcons, hey, we better figure out how to get the ball to Kyle Pitts. And they did, and he uh, caught all six of his targets uh, in the middle of the zone. He was sitting down in there on one play on the um, on the bomb up the sidelines. Matt Ryan stood in the pocket, took the hit, saw the blitz and safety. Uh, you know, the protection just wasn't there, but but he got the ball out. Pitts was where he was supposed to be and hauled it in uh, for a big play to keep that drive moving. So the one thing that, you know, if nothing else happened in this season – uh, you know, if the Falcons, uh, you know, um, finish eight and eight and nine or nine and eight, uh, one thing that happened is, hey, they developed Kyle Pitts. They um, turned him into a Pro Bowler in his uh, rookie year, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things that the other things they need to do. But moving forward, you know that you have uh, a staple in the passing attack in the name of Kyle Pitts, and I believe Matt Ryan will be here for a couple years too. I was discussing that with. Uh, Mark Mark Bradley today, so um, you know I think that's where they're headed. So that's a good thing to you know you at least got to when you come into these seasons like this. Uh, they didn't want to say it was rebuilding. 
but you want to take things forward. And one thing uh, that they're going to definitely take forward is that they have a, uh, a tight end that can play wide receiver, that can get open deep, and that can catch some touch, tough balls across the middle. About the only thing I don't think he could do this year was uh, those screens. That didn't look too good. But uh, that might be more to do with the blocking. But let's go over some of the player notes here. Uh, Matt Ryan was 18 of 24, 75% for 215 yards, touchdown. Um, that's like his uh, eighth game without going over 300 yards, but we'll look at that during the week. First time since 2010. That was in our story that was uh, on Sunday. Had a passer rating of 115.8, and he tied Eli Manning with his one touchdown pass for 366 for the ninth most touchdown passes in NFL history. Corderell had a six-yard uh, six touchdown run in the first quarter, his 11th of the season. 11 uh, touchdowns are the most by Falcons since Devontae Freeman's 13 and Tevin Coleman's 11 in 2016. Uh, we went over all of uh, Pitts' um, uh, records. And uh, just another note here about Pitts, it was his third career 100-yard game, the third most by a rookie tight end in NFL history. Uh, Dicka had five in 1961 in 14 games. And Charlie Young had four in 1973. So those are the only people that had more. And, of course, uh, Fourier Ulicon led the team with 13 tackles and that key interception. He also had one tackle for loss, one pass defense, and, um, you know, slid to the ground with 33 seconds left in the game to preserve the win uh, for the Falcons. He now has two interceptions this season and four on his career. Also, Fourier tallied double-digit tackles for the 10th game this season, the most of any Falcon in a single season since 2000. Now, he's going to be one of the uh, primary guys the Falcons have to resign him, Patterson, and kicker Youngway Koo in the offseason. Uh, Russell Gage is on that list, too. It's going to be interesting to see what happens for him. Deion Jones had 10 tackles in this game. He missed about two or three early uh, one pass defense, and this was his seventh game with at least 10 tackles this season. Rookie safety Richie Grant had a career-high six tackles, four solo and one pass defense. Youngway Koo made both of his field goals, a 53-yarder and a 48-yarder. And Thomas Morstad, he pointed twice for 115 yards, a 5.7 gross, 57.5 gross, 48-yard net. So uh, in five games with Atlanta, Morstead has landed nine of his 16 punts inside of the 20 and has averaged 47.7 yards per punt. So those are your player notes coming out of that game. Well, let's talk about the run game. The Falcons knew they were going to have to run the ball coming in here. They've been running it pretty good. They had that stretch there of 300-yard games, got stymied in San Francisco, Got stymied again here against the uh, Detroit Lions. But, um, you know, that's going to be something that they have to get going, especially if they're going to win up in Buffalo next week. So the Falcons struggled to run the ball, getting only 41 yards on the ground. Corderell Patterson had 14, making people wonder if teams have started to figure him out. 
I know it's a simmering hot take. Uh, Cordell is a big part of the offense. Danny scored a touchdown again today. Again, uh, they can't. You're able to, to play the matchup game. All right, if you, you want to give a certain, you want to roll over here to Kyle, to CP, great. You know, that's why OZ had a couple big uh, big completions. Uh, Russ, and that's what we are. Our team is trying to improve and get better. So, sorry to, sorry to ruin the hot take. Yeah, ruining his hot take there. But let's look, we're going to look at the team stats and then uh, move on to our mailbag feature. Uh, we've got some questions. Um, we're going to bring in our uh, podcast manager, Jay Black. But let me finish with our team stats here. Uh, first downs, Detroit 19-14. Uh, third downs, the Falcons were only 2-8. of eight. Detroit was 7-16. Uh, total net yards, 254 uh, for the Falcons and 338 for Detroit. Offensive plays, 45-68. to 68. You know, the Lions wanted to play keep away. And Coach, Quinn made, uh, Coach, um, Coach Smith made a point of that in the um, presser. Yards gain, uh, screen just jumped up on me, 5.6 for the Falcons and 5.0 for uh, Detroit. Rushing 47 yards total and uh, 130 for Detroit. Uh, Net passing 207, 208. Penalties 2 for 15 and Detroit had six false starts. Man, they were... Coach Kneecaps has got them raring to go. They got to remember the snap count, though. Turnovers one to one. The big turnover. They were big. You know, Gage just fumbled. They're trying to run out the clock. He's got a first down. He coughs up the ball. And um, then the Fourier comes back and bails him out with his interception. So we went over the punts. Two TDs to one. Field goes two to two, three to three. And this was the big one. Time of possession. Detroit 38.05. To the Atlanta Falcons, 21-55. So with that, let's move on to the mailbag segment with Jay Black, the AJC's podcast manager. Hey, D-Led, and uh, congratulations for surviving that uh, wonderful afternoon of COVID football. And please tweet at both me and D-Led anytime. If you've got a question that you want to get on the podcast, I'm at jblack2. And, of course, D-Led is at AJC. And we're going to start with actually an email, D-Led, that you got from Billy earlier in the week. And we're going to paraphrase this because it's kind of long. Uh, he says, this morning I read your article about Matt Ryan I made a suggestion that he be traded to a team that had an outside chance of getting into the playoffs because he's definitely not going to do it with the Falcons. But after reading your article, he looks like an aging veteran whose numbers are in steady decline. Trying to trade Ryan would mean the Falcons would take a $90 million hit, but there's no backups on this club that can actually play football. The Falcons need to draft the best QB coming out of college and just play him. The results will be the same that you get with Ryan. Wake up, Atlanta. Do something rather than nothing. So should the Falcons do something about Matt Ryan? Well, Jay, no, I'm in the Keep Matt Ryan group. Um, you know, there's some, there will be some movement. There was a lot last year. Uh, you know, maybe Denver comes and make a play for him, you know. Uh, maybe that's where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. What, what's, where's Russell Wilson going to end up? So maybe the Falcons listen or at least pay attention to the um, veteran quarterback market and uh, movement. But uh, they don't have uh, – there's no quarterback worth drafting in this draft high. So uh, this isn't the draft to do that, and, and we'll have to ease on down the road. It's my understanding the Falcons want to build out their team with Matt 
And in the future, when, when they're ready to compete for championships, they have the young quarterback either, you know, waiting in the wings or ready to go. It's kind of like what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. They built that team out. They drafted Mahomes. He didn't play. He didn't play until he was ready to play. And then when he was ready to play, he already had a championship team around him. So, And it worked out, and they won one. So that's uh, the model to watch. And uh, just think of Matt Ryan as Alex Smith, and we don't know who Patrick Mahomes is right now. All right, let's go on to some of the stuff we got from Twitter after the game. This is from Luis Suarez. Coaches come and coaches go, and this team doesn't change. Why? Well, one of the things that did change, uh, you know, and we pointed out here today, is that they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're 7-2 and two in these close games against, you know, equally matched teams. What they haven't been able to do is beat the good teams, and that's going to probably take a while. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Their best win to date is over Miami, who's 7-7 seven and seven going into this weekend. So maybe things are changing under Arthur Smith. Then, uh, uh, you know, just kind of got to look at it a little bit closer to see, hey, they're, they're not blowing these games. They made up, stepped up and made a play today to win the game. I was a little surprised how uh, negative uh, a lot of your comments – well, I know it's Twitter, but still – this team's got seven wins, and, and they won again, and, and there's still a lot of negativity here on the on the Twitter feed. Yeah, it's going to be some uh, some winning and, and some goodwill uh, to get some of those fans back. They're a little bit disheartened. Uh, some of them uh, a little bit unrealistic. But, uh, yeah, we'll just try to help them along on, on their way. Here's, uh, here's what Aaron Williams had to say. He says, let's talk about why we refuse to use our linebackers on blitzes. Because they don't get there. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the short answer. I can run and go get the uh, blitz numbers for you, but they tried blitzing Foyer and Dion all all uh, you know the first eight games, and they just kind of gave up. This is from Isaiah Nichols. The Mike Davis experience is over. Let the young guys run. He's trash, which seems kind of harsh. Yeah, that's the uh, millennials' favorite word. They like uh, throwing that trash out there, and then they'll call uh, call you a boomer too. <laughs> maybe maybe not you, Jay. But um, Mike Davis is who, who he is. He's a backup running back in the NFL. And, uh, you know, for, unfortunately, the Falcons haven't drafted one uh, to supplant him. But I don't know which young guys you want to see. Are we talking Quadri Allison? Are we talking uh, Caleb Huntley from the practice squad? Maybe you do get to see some of those guys down the stretch. This is from young Zach. What are Dave Ragone's responsibilities as offensive coordinator? To keep Arthur Smith's Pepsi cold during the game, or Coke. <laughs> no. no, Dave is a, he's the table setter. He's the, uh, you know, he, he, he has to have everything functioning and uh, ready for Art to make suggestions, give him his viewpoint from up top, and, uh, uh, you know, kind of be in a collaborative situation where the head coach is the play caller. So uh, I haven't heard where Art has thrown him the game yet and said, hey, you call it. But, you know, that's common. That's happened before. But, uh, you know, mostly his job is helping the coach to get prepared during the week. And this last one is uh, from Daryl. It must be noted that Ditka was a rookie in 1961 when they played 14 games. The question is, are you really breaking his record in a 17-game season? Yeah, that was my – that's my own uh, tweet. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, the, the Falcons guy said, well, 61 was the first year they had 14, so the real guy who owns the record is the guy 
uh, before Dika when they were playing just 12 games. So I don't know if that's Bronco Nagurski or who, but uh, yeah, I like to, you know, in these passing uh, records, in the, in the passing era, a lot of these records are coming down like, you know, you know, uh, I just want to think you, I just think you have to put them in the proper historical perspective and uh, gives you a sense of how great Mike Dicker was back in 1961 when everybody was running the wishbone. And uh, a lot of people were saying, hey, he was running against plumbers or he was playing against janitors. So, uh, but still, you know, pretty impressive. It's a record that stood for a long time. Uh, Jerry Mashaki in 2002 is kind of the modern day uh, best rookie tight end. We were ready to anoint him and move him to Canton after that season with the uh, Giants. And, you know, that didn't happen for him either. He had a good career, not a great career. But, um, yeah, so I just like to keep it in historical perspective. You know, Kyle's having a great year, uh, getting a lot of yards. He's got one touchdown. You know, Mike Dicker had 12 touchdowns in 1961. Uh, so, you know, let's just, uh, you know, kind of pump the brakes. You know, he's having a good year. Uh, you know, he's going to the Pro Bowl. He's exceeded expectations. And let's just leave it at that. That is it for our uh, our second mailbag. So please uh, keep him coming for next week. Well, that's all right. That was pretty good, Jay. I appreciate you coming on and helping out with the mailbag. We're going to get ready for a week of practice and then head up to Buffalo where the Falcons will take on the Buffalo Bills who are trying to position themselves in the AFC for a playoff, a deep playoff run. Uh, Josh Allen is having another spectacular season. So with that, we're going to say take care and have a great rest of your week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.